My name is Stephen Moore and I'm the presenter of the Your Law Firm Success podcast. This podcast explores the routes to law firm success. We chat to those who have done it, those who are doing it, and those who help law firms do it. This podcast is brought to you by MLT Digital, the leaders in law firm success. Today's edition of the Your Law Firm Success podcast is with Catherine Hyde of Hooper Hyde. Catherine's an inspiration in many ways because she took the decision, a tough decision, to leave full-time employment, safe employment, in order to start her own firm, which is a very, very purpose-driven approach. And part of her reasons for doing that were around being able to balance um, the challenging aspects of being a mum and also being a lawyer. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Catherine has a different version of success from many of the lawyers I'm sure we'll speak to, but a definition that is no less valid. Catherine, thanks very much for agreeing to chat with me today. Um, As you know, this is a podcast called Your Law Firm Success. It's all about lawyers and their own versions of success and how they can achieve that. So I thought the, the first best question to ask you to start off with is, what do you see or what do you what would you define law firm success as? So for me, the definition of law firm success definitely doesn't sit in the financial side of things. Of course, money is a great measure for success and you know growth. But I think for me, success looks like changing the conversations that people are having about lawyers. And for people to be able to say that they really value and even love their relationship with their lawyer. I think for me, that's the biggest, the biggest thing is knowing that the experience that someone has had has been a positive one. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, no, that's interesting because often people see the purchase of a legal service as being a distress purchase. You know, it's not something that somebody would anticipate with much relish or enthusiasm. Whereas is that something that that you're meaning that you'd like to change the way in which a lawyer is seen? Yeah, I think think you're never going to get away from the fact that there are certain things that people need lawyers, lawyers for that is a distress purchase, right? There's no getting away from that fact. However, the relationship that you have with your lawyer in the context of that distress purchase doesn't have to be a bad one. Actually, it needs to be a positive one. It needs to be that you trust your lawyer implicitly. It it can't be that this already stressful situation that you find yourself in is then layered with this relationship with a professional advisor that isn't isn't an easy one. Because because yeah. ultimately you've got to trust the person who is giving you the advice in that any given moment. Now there are situations where it doesn't have to be a distress purchase. You know, I will always be an advocate for someone getting their commercial agreements sorted properly so that they then don't need me to resolve a dispute later down the line. Or if they do need me, that resolution is a lot easier because their commercial agreements are already in place that protect them to a certain extent or have mechanisms in place to protect them. But yeah, I, I, I strongly believe that your relationship with your legal advisor really shouldn't add a, an additional layer of frustration and irritation on top of the already stressful situation you find yourself in. So your version of success, for you anyway, is more about the relationship that you're forming with your clients rather than a financial goal yeah. around that, which is different, you know, f- from many others. And, and 
what is it or why is it that you've arrived at that as a definition of success, do you think? Um, I think I have always valued people over anything else. And I think, I think perhaps to a certain extent, the pandemic had had a had an impact on people realizing the value of human connection to to a certain extent when we realized we couldn't see people and we couldn't hang out with people and we were stopped from spending time with our loved ones i think people really re realized and i know i did i realized how how important it was for me to be around people um so i think that had an impact and i think you know i the story on my website you know about what kind of where i've arrived how i've arrived to where i am now and you know losing both of my parents and you know just really valuing the fact that actually what impression do you leave somebody with once you've been their legal advisor people kind of don't care about the paper it's not about the paper they're not buying paper right they're buying the experience that you have given them have they, have they walked away from that transaction with you feeling satisfied that they have been given the best advice do they feel like they've been understood you know there's so there's so much there that actually has nothing to do with the commodity that you create for them and everything to do with the way that you make them feel afterwards but i think you know the the stereotypical concept is well you know you're just paying for the written advice or you're just paying for the commercial contract or you're just paying for a win at trial you know, actually it's for me it's it's way more than that it's because the because the lasting impact is how you make someone feel what's that phrase you don't they don't remember what you said they don't remember what, remember what you did but they will always remember how they you made them feel i 100 percent believe that and was this so let's if we could go back a wee bit because you know, the relationship that you form with your clients is obviously extremely important. It's been, and it's been something that's been emphasised or maybe a catalyst for that has been the bereavement that mm -hmm. you suffered, you know, and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, w were you working in an environment where, or have you worked in environments where perhaps the relationship between you and your client has been um, subservient to the need to bill certain amounts of time? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. The The focus for the majority of my career really was very much about the numbers on, on the paper, not building the relationship. And actually, there was a point where the only interaction really, really had with the client was via email. There was not a huge amount of telephone interaction and that in part was born out of the fact that we were we were having to churn out so much work you don't get the opportunity to forge relationships with these people actually you've just got to get through it as quickly as possible which boils down to ultimately getting the numbers you know you've got the 6.7 chargeable hours a day that you've got to get through and you've got to do it as as efficiently as possible and actually having a 10 minute conversation with a client on the phone about how their weekend has gone just doesn't lend itself to that, right? You, you haven't got time for that. And, and did you find that also would be affecting the relationships that you were building at work also? The time pressures or constraints that were happening there? Yeah, I don't think I necessarily was that aware of it, but I suppose on reflection, actually that is true. You know, you, 
you get in, you know, you sit down, you, you've got X number of tasks to get through. You've got to keep your head down and get through it. And there were occasions where, you know, if you were caught chatting for too long, it was, oh, you know, come on, guys, you've been standing around for too long. You've got to go. Yeah. So I can't remember which firms necessarily, but I know that it definitely happened. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I, I, I sometimes listen to the Rongan Chatterjee podcast I don't know if you ever listened to that the feel better live more and one of them there was a very sort of it was either on that or the high performance podcast there was a chat about happiness and um, what the sort of research was essentially showing was that money can bring with it choice and security Mm -hmm. to a certain extent however all of an of in itself, it won't bring happiness. The happiness is really determined by the quality of the relationships that you yeah. have, you know, with those around you. And, you know, I imagine, you know, certainly for me, that involves the relationships that I have with the people that I work with and that I work yeah. for. And, you know, I imagine that what you're saying as a result of this, you know, catalyst in your you know, personal life is that you began to really appreciate the impact that positive relationships have on you on an ongoing basis absolutely yeah without a shadow of a doubt life's so short right you know if you're going to spend it with people spend it with people you like (laughs) like it's that simple yeah i think maybe that was maybe motivation for me around not becoming a lawyer (laughs) in the longer term you know and i don't mean that you know you know um disparaging to denigrate any relationships <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 you know i don't i just i just realized that this you know you need to find your yeah, tribe absolutely. to a yeah. certain extent and um in mlt i think we've ended up with a group of general sort of legal misfits who have maybe did law but didn't yeah. fit being within the environment and so about your background can you tell me a bit about your background before setting up your own firm in terms of your experience Mm. um, the type of firms that you worked in and then taking the leap into setting up your own firm that is much more of a sort of purpose driven has more of a purpose driven approach behind it yeah so gosh this is a bit of a long story so I I did a languages degree at university actually and law was not even remotely on my radar at this point in time and I just happened to get a job as a legal secretary once I'd finished university because I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and that was, a, was what was RAGS. It's now Gowlings. Um, they right. were extremely supportive of me progressing in my career. They supported my um, me doing my CP and my LPC at the time. I then became a paralegal there. But unfortunately, they weren't hugely encouraging about me um, applying to become a trainee they essentially said that they wouldn't support the application. So I I got a job somewhere else. And then when I handed my notice in, they said, oh, no, no, don't leave. We'll support your application. And I just said, look, you didn't, you weren't prepared to support me when I, before I, you know, had said I was leaving. So this isn't the kind of environment I want to work in. And we, I didn't leave on bad terms, but it was, you know, you didn't, you didn't support me then. You're not going to support me now. Like, I think our relationship is done. Um, so I then went to Shakespeare's um, and qualified at Shakespeare's um and then on qualification because it was we were still at the tail end of you know the 2008 crash 
so at this point there wasn't a huge amount of NQ jobs. So I there wasn't any going at um, Shakespeare. So I moved to Berryman's at this point, Berryman's Lace Moor. Um, worked in their insurance fraud department for a number of years. Um, and then moved to Beechcroft's to do this, a similar sort of thing. Um, great. You know, I'm so fortunate to have worked at some of these law firms, right? They're huge businesses. And, you know, I, I really loved it at the time. Um, and then just my mum, what happened? My mum passed away. And I think I just sort of started to question, oh, and I had my second daughter, that was it. And I just sort of started to question how I was going to navigate this really stressful job with having all of these external, you know, all of this personal life going on with supporting my mum, supporting my dad, having two children. I just couldn't really figure out how those two things mesh together. And whilst Beechcrofts were sort of supportive of flexible working it was you can only do four you know you can only go down to four days you've really got to be certain that your work is covered on the on the fifth day um you know the, there just wasn't a huge amount of flexibility and I just felt like I was never really giving a hundred percent to either my home life or my work life so I was fortunate enough to know a chap who owned a high street firm and he offered me a part-time role which I thought was the answer. You know, I thought, okay, I can do this. I can I can go and work part-time and deal with the family stuff. And then quickly realised that litigation doesn't lend itself to three days a week. It just doesn't work because you can you can need to do something at any given point in time. You know, I, I had a week's holiday booked off and ended up having to come into the office to work because something happened with one of my cases and I needed to deal with it. So it still didn't really kind of work for me. And I... I I sat in this space of thinking, is this just how it is? Like you don't get to have both. You can't have, you know, this this great career and and feel like you're giving what you need to to your personal life. I was like, is it, do I just have to accept that that's how it is? Um, but I got to a point where I said to my husband, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. I don't, I feel this overwhelming sense of guilt on both sides of the fence, on both the professional side and the personal side that I'm just not giving what I should be to either one of those things. So he was like, well, just quit. Just quit your job. We'll figure it out. And I kind of went, what? I People don't do that, do they? People don't just leave, you know, what? What are you talking about? But I did. I, I had him a notice in. I had three months notice period. So I worked my notice not a clue what I was going to do on the other side of this three months notice, just thinking I can't carry on here. So I happened to come across the consultant model at this point. So, you know, self-employed solicitor model and thought, do you know what? I could probably find my own clients. So I think I might give that a try. That might be the answer here because I can pick and choose my hours. I can pick and choose who I work for. Maybe that's the answer. And to be fair, that was a great, you know, I did three years of self-employed consultancy. Um, but during that time, felt that the the brand that I was under as a consultant was very corporate and very lacking in any human touch. And that was no criticism of it. That was just the way it was. And I felt that there was a different way of doing it and and really opening up the profession to the idea that actually lawyers are human beings and we're really nice people and actually i felt that that the brand didn't necessarily reflect what i wanted to put out to the world and therefore there was a disconnect in in 
the way that I was talking to people about how I could help them. So I just decided, do you know what? I'm going to set up my own firm. And actually, I know that we talked about the Bamboo platform. I was in the process of applying for my SRA authorization when I came across the Bamboo platform. And it felt like it was a, a good transition to, to not going from just completely self-employed all on my own to being SRA authorized, but actually an opportunity to, to build to really focus on building the kind of firm I wanted to build without the distractions of SRA regulation and dealing with, you know, solicitors' accounts rules and all that sort of thing. Actually, it felt like it then meant that I could add more energy to the things I really wanted to put energy into. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, I know, we, we, we did mention that. We mentioned bamboo and I, you know, about how off-putting some of the regulatory mm -hmm. aspects must be. But um, to go back to... You actually, your your motivation, which was really that you wanted to be able to um, spend time with your family, mm -hmm. to build the relationships with them, while also what while also being able to continue with your yeah. career in a way that you know, and we, you know, people talk about having it all. I don't think it, you know anyone can have yeah. it all as such. However, there are ways in which you are able to achieve mm -hmm. a balance. Yeah. I think between the two. And I know when we chatted before, you were chatting that your um, mum had been very much looking forward to her yes, retirement yeah, yeah. and what she was going to yeah. do then. Um, you know, and obviously I don't want to go anything that would upset you or anything, but we chatted a bit about that and how that impacted yeah. on your motivation now, which I think is quite a common one and an interesting one around law firm success, if you don't mind chatting yeah, a no, bit more absolutely. about that. absolutely. You know, I've, I've said it for so long that mum worked so hard, so hard as a, you know, a teacher and then a deputy head and then a head teacher. She really, really put her heart and soul into that job, you know, and she was, she was working crazy hours for the purpose of basically then having this lovely retirement pot that her and my dad could then go traveling the world, you know, seeing it, seeing all the places that they hadn't had a chance to see yet, you know, and then, and then she became ill. I think she was diagnosed around about her 59th birthday and passed away. I think it was about two or three months before her 65th birthday. So she didn't even get to retirement. And I just thought, hang on a second, Surely life isn't just about work, 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 work in order to get to this point in time where you can suddenly enjoy all of this, all of the hard work that you've put in. Surely, surely there's more to it than that. And I just kind of thought there's got, you know, like you said, it's not about having it all. It's about saying, right, what, what do I actually really want to spend my time doing? I know that I need to make money. I know that I need to pay the bills. That's a given. But you have to do something that lights you up during that period of time. And there's going to be bits that are a bit rubbish and you don't really want to do because that's life, right? Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. Um, but to just wait until this, you know, unknown, potentially never going to happen point in time to enjoy it just seems so bonkers to me. You know, life is short and you do not know what is going to happen tomorrow, let alone in 25 years time you know and I'm not suggesting being frivolous or irresponsible but I think it's important that you realize that actually you've only really got today right in this moment is really the only thing you have you, past is gone future hasn't happened yet it's today this is it right 
Yeah, and I remember thinking about that before, you know, and I can be guilty of getting caught up with visions of my future which aren't necessarily rosy. And I think um, I thought about it quite a lot and thinking, thinking about the past can make you sad and thinking about the future can make you yeah. anxious. You know, right. so being able to, um, as you say, try, try your hardest to be working in a way today that doesn't um, negatively affect mm. your future, but also has an impact on the relationships that you're able to build with your family during a time that I think it's most important yeah. for them, particularly when they're younger, because, you know, I've found it myself as my, as my children have got older. Yes, they need me less, but the relationships that I've managed to develop with them over the course of the past 19 years or whatever, maybe at points they'd wish they'd been at work more <laughs> or had been out of the house more, but that wasn't the case. So, um, But n now, now I feel freer mm. actually to work on building my business yeah. more because I think, well, actually they don't need me quite as much and now I can do this and I, and I like yeah. it anyway. You know, and I, I suppose, you know, what's interesting you know, for you is that... You, keen to get across is your vision of, of law firm success is about building or changing the narrative around the provision of legal yeah. service, around how lawyers are viewed, but also around the relationships that you can have with your clients in the same way as you can build your relationships with those who are important yeah. Yeah. to you. Um, and yes, you will, you will sacrifice some of the financial rewards that might have come as a result of knocking your pan mm. in and maybe you might have been able to go on a, a slightly more expensive holiday or have a slightly more expensive yeah. car. But instead, what you're saying, look, actually, I can raise my mm -hmm. family and grow my law yeah. firm. Absolutely. I 100%, 100% believe that. Like you say, it could be that I, had, I could have grown quicker and have a bigger bank balance right now. But those things for me, they're just not the point you know it's not it's not what gives me joy today isn't how much money i've got in my bank account or how big i am as a law firm what gives me joy at the end of the day is have i had the right conversations with the right people and have i contributed in the way that i uh, that that feels like there's some value been given and have i been able to do the school run and be home in time to cook dinner and put the kids to bed ultimately. So, and I know at each point, so obviously I've been running the business for two and a half years and I know that there's been a couple of instances where I've almost been drawn into that whole, oh no, I'm supposed to be focusing on growth through numbers and money and how much revenue I'm creating. And like I said, those things are good measures of growth, but, but for me, they're not measures of success because as soon as I focus on them, there's a disconnect because it's not that they're not the point for me. The the success comes, you know, money's a nice byproduct of of what I'm doing, and ultimately I need to pay the bills. But the success for me comes from getting that review at the end of a of doing a piece of work, and the client saying, "I've really felt like she understood my business. I really felt like I was heard, and I feel really confident moving forward." Those are the three things that I want to hear. And those for me are measures of success. If I don't hear them, then what have I done that I could have done differently? Have I let them down? Have I done something wrong? You know, is there something else we could do better? 
But for me, those three things, like that's it. And you very clearly come across in your marketing and your personal brand building on LinkedIn in this way. Does that also have an impact on the types of clients that you mm -hmm. attract and also and continue to work with and also the staff? Yeah, very much. Or colleagues that you wish yeah, to attract? Yeah, very much. I think in terms of the clients, it's just clients who want to have conversations with normal people who aren't, you know, because I think the profession has a reputation for being a bit intimidating. And, it, you know, it has been in the past and there are still lots of lawyers who are quite intimidating, intentionally or not. You know, that's unfortunately the nature of the beast. And whereas I know that there are a lot of people who shy away from getting advice because they can't find someone that they feel that they connect with. They don't necessarily feel like, you know, they, they feel like they might be patronized or, you know, spoken down to or spoken to in a way that they don't really understand. And they don't feel safe enough to say, actually, I don't really understand what you mean. Could you repeat it, please? Or, you know, explain it in a different way. Um, and I think, I think that, that in itself, I just, I don't, I didn't want that. I don't want people to feel like it's not just an adult conversation. You know, I've just got a particular set of skills that I can deploy in certain situations. I found out that film taken, um, you know, yeah. but that doesn't make me better than anybody else. Right. It doesn't make, you know, and, yeah. and I just think, but what it has done is meant that I feel like I'm having true conversations about what I can offer in the experience that someone has. And equally, they know what they're going to get when they approach me. So it will, you know, it will dis dispel. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. It will attract the people to me that want to have that kind of experience. And it will mean that people that go, oh, I don't want a lawyer who talks like that, aren't going to come to me, which is great because I don't want to work with people who don't want a slightly overexcited, very handsy when she talks lawyer, right? Yeah. I just, I don't, yeah. <laughs> like I said earlier, life's too short. I want to spend it with nice people and people that I get yeah. on with. And is that the same for colleagues? You know, maybe if we could chat, we just, if you could tell us a wee bit about the actual type of work that you do and the size that your firm's currently at at the moment. Yeah, so there, I've got three I was going to say four, but one of them is sort of half in, half out. So there's there's four um, lawyers, self-employed lawyers that work with me. So there's me, another litigator, um, a commercial lawyer, a corporate lawyer, and an employment lawyer. Although employment lawyer doesn't, we don't do a huge amount of employment law works. So hence why I was a bit hesitant yeah. to mention her really because we don't just don't do a huge amount. Um, and the types of work we do. So we do commercial work. So, you know, you kind of standard T's and C's, you know, master service agreements, privacy policies, data protection, all that sort of thing. Um, we do M&A. So, you know, buying and selling of businesses, restructuring, um, commercial disputes and property disputes. So, you know, the kind of standard debt recovery, breaches of contract, directors falling out, all that sort of thing. Um, and then, like I said, employment employment work, but n not a huge amount of that. Um, so yeah, I think they've covered everything. And you and the type of um, business that you normally work with, like what sort of size, or has it just been something that's 
been developing organically through existing relationships and there's no one size fits all? Yeah, there isn't a one size fits all. I would say the majority of the businesses that we act for are micro businesses. Um, A lot of people think that they're small businesses, but actually they're micros. And then we have a handful of medium sized businesses and then slightly bigger chunk of small small businesses typically service-based businesses um again that's never been an intentional play on my part it's just how it's how it's played out um possibly because i understand service-based businesses because i am one um so yeah and then and then they just they tend to fall into a, a, a sort of pockets of i've got you know, like marketing and digital agencies and and that sort of creative agencies, you know, video editing and that kind of thing. Um, and then I've got a pocket straight. Well, maybe we should yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah. Do you need a lawyer? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, another pocket, weirdly, which again, hasn't been intentional of so, like facilities, maintenance and management. Um, so I've got a client who does residential properties and then another client who does more um, the sort of large builders merchants like they do a lot of maintenance for large builders merchants and that sort of thing so yeah but again I haven't sort of intentionally gone right I want that kind of work it's just the nature of of what's happened and recommendations and referrals you know so they themselves have their own networks that include these kinds of businesses so they tend to recommend us to their contacts. And I imagine those are the size of businesses where you're able to form a relationship with the decision maker yeah. within the business is less like um, the insurance litigation background yeah. where it's procurement driven, mm-hmm. commodity driven, you know, a relationship really isn't that mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe the one that was initially formed might have been. Um, and so that would fit. Yeah. And in terms of, um, so we were chatting, I keep saying in terms of, I keep listening to that in my <laughs> podcast and every time I'm going, I need to stop saying in terms of. Um, you're quite clear, you know, you're obviously very clear on what's important mm. to you and what you, th- you know, is going to be making you happy and make you sleep at night and get up in the morning thinking, like I'm not kicking my height on Monday morning, but I've not got the fear yeah. And I might be a bit happier on a Friday, but I'm not dreading yeah. Monday already. Have have you? Did you work specifically on those aspects of your, what I would call your personal brand, or are these things that have just have evolved over time into being your general credo? Because it comes across very clearly as if you have worked on yeah, it. Yeah, there's. But maybe I, I I joke about this a lot. I've never really had a strategy for this. I've just trusted my instincts and known that I needed to put out into the world my true self. And if people didn't like that, kind of tough, right? Because because I had spent such a long time being a square peg in a round hole, you know, Catherine, you're too much or you're too confident. You use your hands too much when you speak, you know, too much, too much, too much. It was almost like it was bursting out. And I was like, I've just got to be who I am. And and yeah, I just kind of trusted my instincts and went, well, this feels like the right thing to do. And how, I mean, there was a conscious decision to a certain extent when I first started out because it was May, 2021. We were still kind of in the throes of the pandemic and 
I knew I needed to get in front of people quickly in order to build this business because really I was going from a standing start. I had a handful of clients from when I was self-employed, but that was it. So there was a very conscious decision to go, right, I'm going to use LinkedIn to make sure that people know who I am, what I can do and where they can find me. So so I did make that decision. But in terms of the kind of content that I put out or the there's no strategy behind any of it. It's just, right, I've happened to have had this conversation with some clients this week, so that feels like a relevant LinkedIn post or, okay, well, I was in Venice on Friday, so I'll post about that because people are nosy and like to know what you're doing in your day-to-day life, you know? So, so yeah, it was, I've never really had a strategy for it. It's just, right, let's just, let's just put myself out to the world and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, no, I... I mean, it comes across strongly. I did do quite a lot of work on my personal brand a while ago, more to understand, mm. you know, my reasons for doing certain things. And it's a way of codifying, I think, your beliefs and the way yeah. in which you want to in- interact with people and then what content then fits within that. It doesn't end up, I suppose, it is what you don't want is a contrived situation yes. it has yeah. to feel very natural but it, it sort of gives it a framework which i found yeah. really useful and in terms of uh, in terms of um <laughs> hopes and dreams yes <laughs> hopes and dreams what are your hopes and dreams um i mean my hopes and dreams for my business is that it continues to grow and that and that we will always get the feedback from clients that they're happy with with the service that they're receiving. You know, I don't have a sort of, I must get to five million pound turnover within the next five years kind of goal. I set myself financial targets that are, you know, sort of vague, but in the, in the right, in order to make this next decision I want to make, this is the revenue that we need to be, we need to, be bringing in um but i think for me it's 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 always been about creating space right it's always been about creating a space for great lawyers to do great work for great clients that's that's really been it so my hopes and dreams are that we just continue to do that and we find better ways than the ways we might be doing it today to do that you know how can i you know i was fortunate enough to go self-employed and that really worked for me, having a young family and having parents who needed support. I want to create that space for people. I want people to be able to have that that opportunity that I had. So, yeah, my, I mean, my hopes and dreams are so woo, right, for a lawyer. Just, you know, I'm not talking about like, oh, well, you know, I have to have X number of clients by this point in time. You know, it's, it's, it's about creating space. Yeah, but I think it's refreshing, you know, Catherine. I think that's why it's been... Really uh, good to have you on today because everyone's version of success is different. You know, mm. there's no right and wrong. I, I, and I do think, you know, traditionally for women coming in with a, a family at home, there's often been too much compromise mm. there and too much compromise in terms of what can be possible. You know, and for you to be able to provide a model for others, I think is really inspiring, which is that, you know, you, you you can do a number of the things. Some aspects of each will mm. suffer a little bit, 
but they don't have to suffer majorly and the benefits far outweigh the negatives and certainly they seem to have done for you so yeah, far. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so I think, you know, more power to you. I think it's it takes a lot of um uh I don't wouldn't say confidence, backbone and metal when you decide that what you're going to do is is break a mold yeah. to a certain extent and be resolute in terms of your own goals yeah. and say, no, this is actually what's important to me. So I'm going to work out a way of doing that. It's not. It's going to. It's going to involve elements of yes, of hard mm. work and definitely some hard times. But ultimately, if I stick with it, it will come. Yeah, good. it definitely felt very exposing in the beginning when I. I didn't. I don't know how I told you this. I didn't actually tell anyone that I'd started my own business for a month because I was too scared to. I was worried that people would judge me and go, oh, why does she think she can do that? And especially that way, like, that's ridiculous. You know, I just assumed that all of my, you know, ex-colleagues and my peers would just think I had lost my mind. So I didn't tell anyone for a month. And then I was like, do you know what? I should probably start telling people because otherwise, how am I going to get any work? And that's the point at which I committed to LinkedIn and said, right, I need to actually really start doing this. But yeah, it's, it, you know, it is hard. It's hard to to be you know, a human in a profession that wants you to be a perfectionist. And I think the profession is changing. I think there's a lot of firms. I know that the the CEO of Shakespeare's is is really keen on on focusing or you know at least putting some focus on the human the humanness of lawyers. Um, you know, I know that she she talks a lot about that on LinkedIn. Um, and I do think the profession is changing, but I think we've got a long way to go. But it what yeah, it was really and is still at times. I, I go to post things and I think, ah, oh, is this a little bit too vulnerable? Like, how do I really feel about what I'm about to say? Um so yeah, it's, you know, and, and like I said earlier, I, I have those moments where I'm drawn into what I should be doing because that's what other law firms are doing. You know, this, this very serious, professional, polished, you know, and then I think, well, that's not really what I've been come to known for, be known for. And that's not what people want from me. So don't be drawn into what you think you should be doing just because other law firms are doing it. And the example I think of is there's a there's another firm, I won't name names, but they they do their own podcasts and it's all very polished and slick and all very professionally recorded. And you know, all of the videos that they put out are all very professionally recorded and polished. Whereas mine are literally talking into my mobile phone. You know, but for me that's that's the connection piece. It's because I want people to feel like they're talking to me, not watching a very polished professional video, because it's not the experience you get from me. You get professional advice, but in a very relaxed way. So, yeah, it's, um, but yeah, it's, it has at times felt very, very exposing. Well, you're over the worst, <laughs> I'm sure now, and the most, you know, in the most challenging bit of it, the most challenging bit of any business is getting, is getting it started and getting some yeah. momentum. Yeah. And then once that happens, it can begin to build up a momentum of its own. But um, I just want to say thank you very much, very Catherine, for your time. And I am certainly looking forward to watching your progress over the next while time. and listening to more of your content and watch more of your content on LinkedIn. <laughs> just finally, where can people find you? So I'm mostly, the easiest place is probably LinkedIn because I'm always logged into it. Um, 
so I'm just on there as Catherine Hyde and then they can get hold of me obviously via the website or um, to the website www.hooperhyde.com but to be honest with you the easiest place is to just probably send me a DM on LinkedIn and I'll pick it up okay brilliant well thank you very much thanks for your time and um, catch up again soon so thanks very much for listening to today's episode I hope you enjoyed it I hope you're enjoying our content we'd be delighted to hear any feedback that you have you can find out more about the Your Law Firm Success podcast at mltdigital.co.uk forward slash podcast. Please subscribe. Please share with your friends. Please share with anyone who you know that you think would be interested.